0: What's going on? Welcome into another game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by Siki. I'm Daniel Salarson and greetings from the West Coast. Now the Pelicans in Sacramento, get you, getting you ready for tonight's matchup with the Kings. Both teams are on the second night of a back-to-back as the Kings were in Salt Lake City last night falling to the, the Jazz by six and the Pelicans coming up short against the Phoenix Suns last night, 112 to 100. We'll get to that later with Jim Eikonoff who joins me as is always from Pelicans.com. But joining us today... Uh, from Kings TV is the television voice of the Kings and also studio host for them as well, Kyle Draper. He joined me in the preview. He's a friend of the program as he was on last year as well to help us preview these matchups. Kyle, happy game day and good to talk to you again. What's up, guys? How you doing? Uh, both teams in desperate need of a win tonight. Yes, I think one team is more desperate than the other, but I'll let you determine <laughs> that as the Pelicans now are 1-7 in after a tough loss last night. And and look, um, let me just talk with the Kings first and then we'll get to the Pelicans a little later with Jim, but... How would you assess this Kings team so far through seven games
1: at three and four? I I, I think this is an improved Kings team from the team we saw a season ago. Uh, The record may not indicate that, but they've had a a tremendously tough schedule uh, right out the gate, having faced Utah twice, Golden State, Phoenix. And so they've had a tough schedule so far. The thing I'm liking, what I'm seeing from this Sacramento basketball team, is that the effort and energy is there every night. Even though it may not show up on the scoreboard, they are playing hard. They're playing better defensively. If you guys remember, they were dead last in the NBA in defensive rating a season ago. And so at least they're making an attempt defensively. And so the record may not be all that great, but uh, it's definitely a different Sacramento team.
0: What did you learn from the first matchup between these two teams? Obviously, just a handful of days ago, these two teams met inside the Smoothie King Center. Now they battle it out again here on the Kings home floor. What did you learn from that matchup between those two teams?
1: You know, I, I think when you look at it, you know, a, a four-point Sacramento win, that, that was a tough game. Uh, I, I look at a guy like Valanchunas, for you guys, who seems to always give uh, Sacramento problems. And and so what I learned from that game is, is one, you know, the way Luke Walton uses his rotation. It, it depends on the center position. And so we'll see some Alex uh, because Valanchunas is such a load. Uh, you know, I don't think we'll see as much Tristan Thompson. Uh, But, you know, when it comes to the Kings, they're a balanced offensive attack guys. And, you know, we know about De'Aaron Fox and last year he averaged 25 points per game. He struggled a little bit this season, but other guys have picked it up. Buddy Heald, you guys are familiar with coming off the bench, had a big game against you. Uh, Guys like Davion Mitchell, a young rookie, uh, has been playing solid. Uh, Harrison Barnes is, is having a career year. And so I think, you know, it's going to be another dogfight. That game was close. Uh, You know, Brandon Ingram got going, I thought, there in the second half. Uh, And uh, I think it's just going to be a good game tonight.
0: Absolutely. And before I get to Jim, you know, one of the guys that I think has stuck out is Rashawn Holmes. And I think when you talk about that Jonas Valanciunas matchup, that's a matchup that probably doesn't bode well as much for Jonas just based on Rashawn's speed and the way how versatile he is running up and down the floor but what have you seen from him so far through the first seven games? It just seems like he's been incredible to watch so far.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's a double-double guy, averaging you know better than 15 points and 10 rebounds. And he gives this team exactly what they need. You know, he's not necessarily an outside shooter. But, man, when you watch him tonight, watch how he uh, finds an open gap and, and makes himself available for the guards when they penetrate. And so he seems to be always in the right place at the right time, and he just got signed to that $40 million contract. But, you know, sometimes guys get that big deal, and then, you know, uh, they don't improve. They they, they don't uh, seem as hungry. That's not the case with Sean Holmes. I, I could argue that he's the heart and soul of this Sacramento Kings team. I think the key for him is watch out for the foul numbers, right? If he's in foul trouble, that you have to go to the bench with the big guys and the team drops off. He's sort of like a, a quarterback of free safety on defense for them. Uh, communicates a lot. And so he's been a joy to watch, man. This is my second year in Sacramento and uh, I can't believe, you know, teams like Phoenix and teams like uh, the Sixers let a guy like Rashawn Holmes uh, go. I I guess fit is uh, super important and he seems to have found a home here in Sacramento. Kyle, I think people
2: have been very interested in this rookie class in terms of there's a lot of guys that were picked in the first round that are already making a big impact. I was wondering what your assessment so far on Davion Mitchell is I mean interesting rookie class he's probably one of the guys that I think nationally people are the most interested in fans and media Um, how has he done
1: so far in this really early part of his career he's been really uh, as good as advertised uh, Jim and when you look at him everybody talks about his defense and rightfully so I mean he's made some plays and he's obviously had an impact on his team but he's a better offensive player too he spent uh Time working with Chris Paul uh, this off season, you know, after he was drafted, picking Chris Paul's brain, you know, worked out with uh, Donovan Mitchell. And so, you know, studied film of uh, Dame Lillard. And so this guy's a student of the game, you know, he, he's in the gym constantly working on his game. And so he's had an impact. I mean, this guy's playing, you know, close to 30 minutes a game as a rookie and uh, you know, late in games, if you're Luke Walton, you have to have him on the floor because he's your best defender and uh, he, he's been tremendous. You know, one of the things the people inside the organization talk about is if Davion is playing defense the way that he's playing it, that rubs off on other guys. That becomes contagious to other guys. Because if you're not playing as hard as Davion, you'll be exposed out there on the, on the floor. So it may not always show up in the box score his impact, but there's definitely a, a, a more awareness to defense. And you'll see it tonight, you know, the, the ball pressure out on the perimeter I think that's because of Davion Mitchell.
2: You mentioned his defense, and obviously with the off-night nickname, everybody is going to focus on that as well. Um, You talked about earlier how Sacramento was last in the league in defensive efficiency last year. And I think a lot of people across the league believe that if they can make a jump at that end of the floor, they have a chance to be a really improved team because everyone knows how much talent they have offensively. Um, Statistically, their defensive rating hasn't improved a ton so far. But I think one of the things you mentioned was that I don't necessarily know if we thought about too much before we talked to you was your schedule has been very tough. So I think for them to be maybe 26 or 27 in defensive efficiency, if they can keep pushing that up, you know, that'll be a huge benefit to them. Do you think that they're that they're improved defensively? Do you think that they can make strides in that area this
1: year? Yeah, I think so. And and the problem, you know, when you look at the game as a whole, the defensive numbers uh, don't stand out to you. Look at the first half, second half splits. I mean, they come out fired up. They come out aggressive defensively. And I think, you know, one thing that they're learning this season is, one, it's hard to win in the NBA. But you got to play a full 48 minutes, you know. And it's remarkable how we've seen teams, you know, that are top five offense and defense over the years because it's hard to do. And I think the Kings, still a young team, you know, some of their core pieces, you know, De'Aaron Fox, not even 25 yet. Uh, you know, these are still young players that are still trying to figure out learning how to win. Uh, Their defensive uh, rating is much better in the first half. Then it gets progressively worse as the game goes on, the fourth quarter numbers. And so I think, you know, it's sort of a learning curve for them. And uh, yeah, they're they're playing better. But, uh, and I will add this too, guys. They're three and four. De'Aaron Fox is probably playing at about 60% of his capability in terms of production. I mean, if you would have told me Fox would you know, be struggling, uh, averaging below 20 points per game, shooting, what, 15% from three or whatever it is, and this team would be three and four with that schedule, I take it right now, to be honest with you.
2: You know, it's interesting you mentioned the drop-off from the first half to the second half defensively for Sacramento because, really, New Orleans has exactly that same issue so far. Last night was the probably the best example of that of the season where they were up double figures at halftime and then they give up 64 points in the second half to Phoenix. So I think that'll be that'll be one interesting aspect as well to watch tonight with these two teams because it sounds like really the same trend happened uh, for both the Kings and the Pelicans. Um last thing I wanted to ask you about just looking through the box scores and obviously having watched Sacramento a couple times including the game last week against the Pelicans, it se- it does seem like so far that Luke Walton has kind of had like a smaller rotation is it the kind of thing where, you know, a lot of coaches, I think, think this way that you, you're you giving some of your better guys a little bit more minutes. Is that kind of the philosophy right now in, in
1: terms of what he's done with his rotation? Yeah. But I also think you got to look at some of the bench guys who haven't uh, really been, you know, consistent and I, consistent. And I know that's the reason they're bench guys because they, they aren't consistent, but a guy like Terrence Davis, for instance, he was firmly in uh, the rotation, started a game. Uh, earlier this season. And so he was firmly in the rotation. But then last night, he's out of the rotation. That's because he hasn't played well. And I think Luke is just going with the guys who are playing well right now. Buddy Hill's phenomenal off the bench. I think uh, Davion has been great off the bench. And then it's either going to be Alex Lynn or Tristan Thompson. I expect Alex Lynn tonight. And so, it, you know, I think he's just going on uh, guys he's uh, been able to rely on. And, uh, but when you look at the roster these last few games, and look at the bench. They've been really heavy on big players. Uh, you know, when I talk about Tristan Thompson, when I talk about uh, Alex Len coming off the bench, you know, Chimezie Metu, Damian Jones, those guys. And so they don't have a whole lot of depth at that three spot per se. And that's why you see a guy like Harrison Barnes playing major minutes. You see the guard rotation. It's a guard heavy uh, team. Uh, when you look at, you know, the, the minutes that they're playing right now. And so they don't have much, uh, you know, depth when it comes to that three spot guys. And I think that's why that rotation has been so short. Kyle,
0: before I let you go, is that where this game comes down to tonight? The bench was a big factor in the win for you guys uh, in New Orleans. The Pelicans have had a little bit of inconsistency as well. They played a lot deeper in rotations, but still have not come up with the productivity that they would like coming off the bench. Is that where this game comes down to tonight? Potentially. I know both teams are on the back to back, especially too. I know the center matchup is obviously something that you mentioned yeah. could be a big factor. But what does it come down to tonight when these two teams face off?
1: Well, I think the bench is definitely going to be huge, especially you know for the uh, for the Kings. If De'Aaron Fox isn't playing well, you need a buddy heel to come in and give you 20 plus points per game. But I really think it's going to come down to that four or five matchup, you know, the the power forward and forward position, uh, center position, and so. You know, can Ingram and Valanchunas impose their will on Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes? If they win that matchup, uh, I think, you know, it, it could be a long night uh, for Sacramento. Like Valanchunas, man, he always gives us problems. And so uh, keep an eye on Rashawn Holmes in the foul trouble. He only had four personal fouls last time we faced you guys. If if he gets into foul trouble, if Valanchunas gets him into foul trouble, then that could change the, the balance of the game.
0: Should be a fun one tonight between these two teams as uh, these matchups could come down to, you know, potentially a play in birth down the road. Hopefully the Pelicans get back on track, but you never know these early games. They can sneak up on these teams come down the road when you're looking at the scoreboard in the standings. That's Kyle Draper. He'll be on the call tonight for Pelicans and Kings. Uh, be sure to look
1: out for him. how can folks follow you on Twitter, Kyle? Uh, Kyle Draper TV, just nice and simple. Uh, you know, I'm active on Twitter. I'm out there. You know, I'll probably uh, be tweeting during the game a little bit as well. And uh, the Kings have been on a four-game road trip, man. So this is their first game back home in in a week. So I know this crowd is going to be fired up, ready for you guys tonight. It's crazy that they give you a four-game road
0: trip and then end it with a
1: road home back-to-back. Schedule maker's (laughs) not too kind to the Kings early on, huh? Exactly, man. But you, you bank the wins now, stack them up now, and hopefully see where you end up at the end of the season.
0: Absolutely. That's Kyle Draper on the Pelicans podcast here. Kyle, I appreciate the time. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, big thanks again to Kyle Draper for coming on today's podcast. And one thing that stuck out to me, Jim, when talking about the Kings, and I kind of think it fits the Pelicans as well, especially after last night, talking about the Kings, some of these players learning how to win. And unfortunately for the Pelicans, it just has not been the case yet with one and seven. But a lot of good stuff in your behind the numbers, which I encourage everyone to look at on Pelicans.com. But but one of them was, you know, three losses when the team has held the lead has been tied at halftime. This was a case where the Pelicans had a double-digit lead at half against Phoenix last night. And things unraveled there in quarters three and four. And I think, you know, without your two best players, I know no one wants to hear the excuses anymore, but it's tough to learn it's tough to learn how to win in those situations when usually in the fourth quarter you rely on your main closers to come in and shut a game down. And you had that on the sun side with Devin Booker heating up and Chris Paul doing his thing late in the game as well.
2: Yeah, that was a big discussion point, I think, after the game in terms of the players and coaches was played so well in the first half. But how do you put that together for an entire game? And I think that goes that's along the lines of what you're saying in terms of learning how to win. I think one of the big adjustments from college to the NBA is there's a million more possessions. I mean, the game is 48 minutes compared to 40. There's a 24 second shot clock instead of 30 um, when you're up 15 in the second quarter or third quarter, that's not a huge lead in the NBA, whereas in, in college, you might be able to kind of let your guard down and still be okay because teams don't go on 25 to four runs doing the NBA with the talent level way it is. So that is something Pelicans are going to have to figure out with all the guys that they have that are new to the game. I mean, you you have to play an entire game. I know we, we talked about this a little bit last year where there were games where um, the offense gets stagnant. Got stagnant after they were up 15 points in the fourth quarter or so, and that led to some losses. I think that's what happened. Partly um, last night in Phoenix was it. It seemed like you know Willie Green talks about 0.5 possessions where you catch the ball, you make a decision, you shoot, you dribble, you pass. There were a couple possessions where somebody dribbled for 12, 15 seconds of the 24 second clock, and that just played into Phoenix's hands in terms of what they were doing defensively. That was something that the Pelicans are going to have to figure out and avoid in, in any of these upcoming games.
0: As we're taping this here around 12:15 Central time 10:15 here for me in Sacramento we don't know the injury update for tonight, but it's something that both teams are going to look out for as far as what the Pelicans might happen. Of course, Herbert Jones uh, got elbowed in the face on friendly fire by Jonas Valanciunas at the beginning of the third quarter and after that uh, things really unraveled for New Orleans you talk about the impact that herb has. Of course Brandon Ingram didn't participate really in shoot around yesterday was out yesterday. We don't know his status, but not only are you facing a back-to-back, even though the Kings are doing the same, Jim, but you could be really shorthanded tonight again, which again is so hard when you're already one in seven and trying to just get another taste of victory. It could be without with some main factors again. And that means that bench has to step up
2: for sure. I mean, you hope that there's a way that Brandon Ingram can get back on the court, but based on Willie green's comments before the game last night, doesn't sound too promising and then Herb Jones, I mean, with his situation where he, Willie Green said he had concussion-like symptoms, that might be another situation where, unless he's totally fine and has improved a lot, that you'll you'll have to sit him out of the game tonight as well. So, um, I want to sit here and say, you know, what we always say when there's injuries that there's another opportunity for somebody else to get more time. But it's like Herb Jones is only seven, eight games into his career. You want him to be on the court as much as possible. So, but I do think one of the things that will be interesting tonight especially if both of those guys can't play is who gets more minutes, who gets more shot opportunities, who has a bigger role. Um, one thing that was encouraging from the game Tuesday against Phoenix was I thought Garrett temple played really well. He made a big impact. He made a couple of big shots, had some good defensive plays. So maybe he's one of the players that gets on the court more, but I mean, really there's a bunch of different options of guys that could, could end up playing more Trey Murphy, maybe Najee Marshall are kind of in that similar position as on the floor is Herbert Jones so uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see but I mean man it's it's frustrating it seems like it comes in bunches when stuff like this happens.
0: Always seems to be the case but here we go again
2: Pelicans and Kings tonight
0: another late one for Jim down there in uh, New Orleans Uh, so 9 p.m central time the local TV crew is back Valley Sports New Orleans tonight with Joel AD and Jen. And myself and Todd will have the call on ESPN New Orleans pregame for both starting at 830. Then the Pelicans will travel tonight to San Francisco. We'll have a much-needed off day, and then we'll take on the Golden State Warriors on Friday and wrap things up on Monday. And speaking of wrap things up, we'll wrap things up on the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast with Mark Spears. Be on the lookout for his article on Willie Green on Friday from ESPN's The Undefeated. A really in-depth look at the path it took for Willie Green to get. To where he is today uh interviewed him for about 20 minutes the other day while he was interviewing willie in phoenix it yeah. must listen for everyone and it just shows you the kind of dude that willie green is and the great guy that he is so be on the lookout for that and that'll be our friday edition of the pelican podcast jim i appreciate it get the diet coke and the, get the coffee ready for you um and we'll talk to you soon my friend
2: sounds good you know when i worked in newspapers i worked from 7 p.m to 2 a.m every every night so this is a child's
0: play for you. I have,
2: yeah, I have plenty of experience. <laughs> All
0: right, well, that'll do it for today's podcast. For Jim, I'm Daniel. Thanks for listening to the Pelican Podcast presented by C.